Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Hello, hello, lovely listeners. We are back and it is, oh my goodness, season six. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. How are you, lovely P? I'm good. I mean, we're recording this the day before the end of half term. I don't feel exhausted, but I definitely feel ready for a rest and a lie down. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Bring it on. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to be an entrepreneur and entrepreneurial spirit. And crucially, what does it take to be a successful entrepreneur right now? I would love to know your take on that as a coach. I mean, you meet so many entrepreneurs, don't you? Yeah, loads and loads from all the different spectrums, all the way from teeny tiny startup infant businesses to people running much bigger organisations. And, you know, I like to sort of map out models and modelling entrepreneurial spirit has been a really interesting process. Because when I say to you, think of an entrepreneur who comes to mind for you well I'm going to buck the trend that you're probably all expecting me to say you know Richard Branson or Jeff Bezos and I'm going to say someone much closer to home which is James at Middleton Lodge nice okay he is probably my most entrepreneurial client right so why is he entrepreneurial to you He's bold, he's brave, he is constantly looking at the next thing. He's so innovative, he has such vision and he's making all these things happen. Yes. So he has taken what was a desire to keep his family estate for the next generation. He needed to make a viable business out of his families I mean it's you know you and I grew up in very different family homes but (laughs) (laughs) he he created he started by creating this wedding venue out of his family home which happens to be a Palladian Georgian mansion (laughs) yeah 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 um but he has built a thriving business with Three restaurants. Last count, I spoke to them, 48 bedrooms. Wow. I don't know how many they have now. Um, they have got a spa. They've got th- two, three different wedding venues. They've got a Tom Stewart Smith design garden. It's a thriving business. And James never stops. He's always thinking about what's the next thing? Where am I going to take this next? Yes. So he is the epitome of an entrepreneur and he also cares deeply about his business yes yes and you've hit so many of the points that kept coming out continually whoever I looked at what was coming through in this modeling process whether it was you know the typicals 
the Bezoses, the um, Musks, the Richard Bransons, and all of the, those sort of old school big entrepreneurs as we see them, but also the less well-known entrepreneurs like James. The, yeah. the feeling that entrepreneurship and that an entrepreneur creates is incredibly inspiring, I think. And yes. There's so much potential. There's, there's a buzz. It's like just the word business owner feels very different from the word entrepreneur. Well, it's it's got a holding energy. Exactly. Business owner. Yeah. Quite static. No. Yeah. And and so that's why I think entrepreneurship for both of us is, is so exciting because just the word invokes so much more about what it means to be in business. And entrepreneurship is so exciting and so inspiring and has the potential, as you've said with James, to create incredible pace and change and do stuff. So the, yeah. I want to really get to the heart of what is that entrepreneurial spirit? And you've captured a few of the really key points. So there's a boldness, there's a braveness, there's a making stuff happen. There's an active element to entrepreneurship, which isn't just a sort of holding or managing energy. It's it's a really mm. progressive, proactive, innovative for yeah. me energy. And it comes with this vision of something. So if I was to think about some of the traits of an entrepreneur, there's innovation, there's drive, there's ambition, there's resilience, there's tenacity there's all of those things and you can have all of those qualities working for someone else but what an entrepreneur has is some kind of vision or passion or care or responsibility or ambition for themselves or something else that Mm. makes it entrepreneurial rather than just a really good inspiring worker and this passion for something I was talking to my other half about this and he gave me an interesting angle. He said, you know, entrepreneurs are inspired to have some kind of, and this might come across in in the wrong way, but some kind of look at me energy, some kind of, this is what I've done, some kind of ownership, some kind of status. And I challenged that a little bit with him because I said, actually, no, there's a lot of entrepreneurs I know that aren't out there. Look at me. I wonder if they're driven to create a legacy, though. Potentially, yes. Yes, and that has a slightly different feeling. But they're definitely driven to own something of, to to have achieved something, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I think I'm not sure that it's about look at me. If I think, Hmm. you know, I'm also thinking about the very first company I ever worked for as a, you know, when I graduated was a very in a very entrepreneurial startup stage led by by an incredibly entrepreneurial man he was you know part of his job was being on the front cover of a magazine that was yeah. part of what he needed to do and he was comfortable with that but i wouldn't honestly say that that was his driving force he was yeah. driven to build something yeah and i think part of building something very often is being the face of it but I don't know that that everyone needs to be a Richard Branson no I agree to have that energy yeah and that was that was my sort of counter challenge to ads and the other thing he says well an entrepreneur always wants to make loads and loads and loads of money like that's the point of being an entrepreneur and whilst I can absolutely see that for the swathes of big entrepreneurs that have gone before us I also challenge that because I don't necessarily think that that now in modern entrepreneurship is everybody's driver. 
or or should be everybody's driver. However, if you're not making money, are you an entrepreneur? I mean, what's your take on that? Well, I I wonder, before I get onto that specific, I wonder whether it's about, I don't even know if we've got this in our model, but I wonder whether it's about seeing the potential in something. If I think about what James is doing or what Tony did, it's almost, I don't want to use the word exhausting the potential, but you you want, I think you want to feel like you have realised the potential. And actually, if I think just briefly about what I'm doing and some of my frustrations, sometimes it will be that I haven't realised the potential in what this course or opportunity or business is capable of and you know you're trying to temper that with the amount of time you have available or the resource you have available Mm. or how you want to work but I wonder whether the key thing is less about money Mm. because I don't ever think anybody says I've made it and more about well if I can see there's more potential I want to go after that yes and I think it's about the approach to that potential that separates an entrepreneur from somebody who's maybe not as entrepreneurial. So it's the drive to go after that, but it's also the nature of how we go after that. So one of the core pieces of entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial spirit for me is this ability to innovate, to think outside the box, to be creative mm. and to be rebellious to the point of if you don't like the rules, you change the game. Yeah, you know, there's, there's this sort of there's this capacity to, but also this drive to, maybe be a little bit disruptive. That might not be the word yeah. that everybody chooses, but this this drive to go your own way, to do things the way that that you see that you can, that isn't based on someone else's blueprint. And this is one of the most wonderful things about entrepreneurship, and one of the biggest challenges because there isn't a blueprint for how to do business. Now, there are loads of blueprints out there, but there isn't the one. And I think the beauty of an entrepreneur is to find what that is for ourselves that works for ourselves. And when we couple that with a desire to wring out every last drop of potential of something, and the way we approach that is through creativity and innovation, then what's possible to achieve as an entrepreneur is so much more, I think, than what Mm. is potential within the confines of a a sort of cookie cutter type. So I think that's such a good point about the ringing out for the potential. And I think one of the things you do so well is help your clients realise their potential, but stay sane in that process. Because when you have that kind of relentless desire to really make something happen that can be draining it can be exhausting it can feel lonely and if it's not managed well it can lead to burnout can't it absolutely that same energy that is positively disruptive Mm. can become much more disruptive to your entire life I don't know whether anyone's seen the the documentary on Elon Musk but his story is fascinating Mm. But you sort of look at the fallout of the amount of drive that he had and his unrelenting, I'm not going to settle for this failing. And 
<laughs> marriages fall by the wayside, you know, like employees that they hit left, right and centre, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, he's an extraordinary individual in himself and how he, how he's achieved what he's achieved. I have no idea. Like the, just the capacity for him as a human being is mm. extraordinary. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a good or a bad thing. But I think for most of us, if we if we come down off the upper echelons of the masters yeah. of the world, you're right. It absolutely has the potential that we're constantly not battling is the wrong word, but we're constantly balancing as an entrepreneur this tension yeah. between ambition and drive and wanting to wring out that potential and the recognition and realization that for many of us we are on our own in it and therefore have to create something really sustainable and for some of us when we lose the balance between that ambition and that drive it is a recipe for burnout which is why I think you know as we've said before this phrase burnout is inevitable comes from because the balance of that ambition is really really hard Mm. Because if you dampen that fire too much for an entrepreneur, you lose the magic of them as an entrepreneur. It, it removes your skin in the game. It removes your creativity. You you need a certain amount of pressure, I think, as an entrepreneur to get out of bed in the morning, more so than maybe someone who's just going to do a job. One of the things I think that's really interesting that you touched on is you use that term business owner, which does have that very sort of holding Mm. energy. So we've got entrepreneur at one end of the scale, haven't we? And and then I suppose we've got business owner and and almost then founder feels like a different energy again, doesn't it? Because founder implies Mm -hmm. starting, whereas business owner, you can be a business owner of a business that you haven't started, if you like. I wonder where self-employed freelancer And I'm seeing those as two separate things. I wonder where that fits into the mix as well. How do you see that playing Mm. out? Yeah, well, this is interesting. And this is a much broader and and a much more nuanced topic that I think is so vital for us. How we define ourselves in business makes a big difference to the energy that we create around ourselves, what we project, and how expansive our vision can be. So, and this is interesting because I was having a conversation with a client about this the other day who very much talks about herself as a freelancer. Mm -hmm. And I used to be a freelancer. I was a a freelance facilitator and I very quickly dropped that freelance label for myself because what I realized was the level of empowerment that I was feeling as a freelancer was so different to the level of empowerment I felt as an entrepreneur, for example, because if you think about freelancer, a freelancer is at the mercy of whoever decides to give them work Mm -hmm. at the time in a way. There's a sort of sense of, I'm not not steering my ship. Now, I'm not saying freelancers aren't steering their ship, but the the feeling, the energy that it creates, certainly for me, Mm. is one of much less agency than entrepreneur or consultant or whatever those labels are so I think how we define ourselves is really key for you Fee would you describe yourself as an entrepreneur now and if so why yeah I think I always have even when I had the the print company the franchise right at the start I still ran that in a very entrepreneurial way so Mm -hmm. because it was a franchise we had very fixed ways 
of doing things, but I wasn't going to be constrained by any of that. I had a family (laughs) (laughs) and I, I had my own creative ambitions and I wasn't prepared to spend my day formulaically selling print. And I wasn't, I also wasn't prepared to, to settle for, I suppose I wasn't prepared to compromise on my earning potential because that was the way that we did things. I I was looking for potential. I was looking for opportunities and whether that was creative opportunities or commercial opportunities, Mm. I Mm. was innovative. So I have definitely always seen myself as an entrepreneur. It's interesting because there was definitely a moment when I'd sold the design agency I'd had some time out and I was thinking about going back to work. And I, you know, I absolutely didn't want to feel that tension again of Mm. trying to balance my life and my commercial ambition, entrepreneurial ambition. I I didn't want that. I wanted a really simple business. And Mm. so there was a a guy that had been a franchisee, if that's the right word, of of mine, who had a web design company. And he was really ambitious and very entrepreneurial himself. And he was trying to persuade me to freelance for him. And um, And I remember really clearly, you know, I was, my heart wasn't really in it because I didn't really see myself and this probably sounds really obnoxious but I just didn't seem you know I had built this company I'd sold it I'd developed all these ideas I I didn't really see myself slotting into somebody's design department even if that was as a freelance creative director I, I, I kind of saw myself a little bit more expansively I guess than that but I also thought the most important thing to me at the moment is to be here for the kids and my baby and just be kind to myself. And if that means taking a little bit of a sideways, backward step, maybe that's okay. And then I remember him mm. saying to me, I can't, I, I'm not going to pay you what you want to earn on a day rate, but if I could guarantee you three days a month, would you be up for mm. Uh, like halving your day rate <laughs> I was like no because I know, I know that I'm worth significantly more than that you're asking me to to be paid less than I would bill out my junior designer at and I know what value I can add and yeah. I know that I can fill that time with really well-paid work so I don't quite know what I'm getting at but well your entrepreneurial spirit wouldn't allow you to put yourself in that box no he was trying to persuade me to work for him for half of the day rate that I was looking for and I remember really clearly him saying to me but you know if you can work this around the kids you know is that not is it not worth it and I was like no, because I'm going to work my business around the kids anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's that's exactly it. There's a sort of reductionist feeling yeah. that comes. Yeah. yeah. 
And this feeling of, well, I'm just grateful to have, you know, and I have so many conversations with people around. I'm, I'm just, yeah. you know, I know it's not ideal, but I'm just grateful to have a job where I can pick up the kids from school or I'm just grateful to have a, a gig where I can be there in the holidays. And, you know, that yes, I think it's that not steering your own ship. And I think that's the difference but, between being an entrepreneur, isn't it? So I have decided in this job, in in this business that I will not work in the holidays. Yes. And I think the core to that as well that I'm that I'm sort of hearing and feeling and as, as I'm checking it out with examples of other entrepreneurs that I know, there's an intrinsic level of worth, I think, that an yes. entrepreneur has. And whether it's a slight, you know, my mum always used to say to me, you know, you're a bit too big for your boots or where does this, you know, oh, you've got a bit of a God, God complex. You know, in a kind of nice way, but you've almost got a bit of a really? God complex. You know, it's almost that who do you think you are? And maybe this is what I was getting at before when I was talking about sort of status and ownership. Mm. Entrepreneurs seem to have, and some of them wear it really graciously and really humbly and really beautifully. And some of them wear it really boldly and really out there and look at me. What I think they all have is an intrinsic sense of, no, I've got something to va- to add here. Yeah. I have got something of value or what I'm creating is worthwhile. And no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let anybody reduce that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to settle. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this this is really core to the entrepreneurial spirit. There's a And the other thing you talked about in the pre-studio days with the franchise is there's a risk-taker, rule-breaker element to an entrepreneur, I think. And their threshold, their tolerance for risk is much higher than someone who needs to be employed and have someone else manage that risk for them. And there's actually, I guess there's another group there that we hadn't acknowledged to this point, which is the franchisee. Mm. So being a franchisee is a different kettle of fish. I mean, it's it's ultimately you're a business owner, but you, yeah. as a franchisee, there are so many guidelines. There are so many processes, so many ways yeah. of doing things. That's another iteration mm. again. And, and I think just to be really clear, just in case we are saying that kind of the ultimate goal is to be an entrepreneur and that this is sort of a a hierarchy if you like i really passionately believe that there is a right space i remember having a conversation with my brother-in-law and he was saying oh, i want to set up my own business i want to be my own boss and i love him dearly but i was thinking i i I don't know that that is the right environment for you to thrive in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He is not a risk taker. He's not a rule breaker. And so what I was saying to him was maybe have a look at some franchises because you get mm. all that support, you get all yeah. of that backing and you don't have to go it alone. But, you know, if you want to come in at 12 o'clock and watch movies, which is what one of my franchises did, mm-hmm. then you fill your boots because it's your business and you get to be your own boss. Yeah. And, and I think you're absolutely right. We are not intending at all to set this up as a hierarchy with no. entrepreneur at the top of the pinnacle. But what I am curious about is 
if we bring an entrepreneurial spirit to any of those other labels yeah. of business owner, of founder, of franchisee, you know, you were def- you definitely brought entrepreneurial spirit to your franchise. Mm. When you set up the studio, you were an entrepreneur. You and for me, if we can bring some entrepreneurial spirit to whatever we do, I think there are massive opportunities there for those people who might not want to or consider themselves to be an entrepreneur in its truest, for want of a better word, sense. But some of these qualities, I think, can supercharge a lot of businesses and can give a lot of business owners or freelancers or consultants or whatever space you sit in a little bit of magic, because I do think entrepreneurial spirit is magic. Yeah. And I think what you can create when you have that is incredible. So where would you put yourself? Would you would you describe yourself as an entrepreneur? Now? Yeah. No, actually. I, I wouldn't, interestingly. Okay. Um I certainly would have done at points in my business and my career with the same business. But now I'm in much more of a uh holding phase. I have I don't have the ambition that I had that I would need to have to be able to comfortably go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not actively innovating in the way that I have done before or that I will do again. I can absolutely see myself slotting back into that piece. But no, I don't think I, uh, and, I'm, and I'm fine with that, but I don't think I would wear the badge of entrepreneur now. But interestingly, I mean, it's it's given me food for thought because I haven't really defined what the alternative label is. I know I have entrepreneurial spirits, but I wouldn't want to hold my business up at the moment as an example of an entrepreneurial business because it's actually very steady as well, a business. I, yeah, so I think at the moment you are serving, you're not really building. So I think yes. maybe the, the change that would need to happen, just in terms of what you do, not the mindset, but just what you do on a daily basis is you would need to be creating Growing, things building, creating. your business beyond you as a coach. And does that mean that to be an entrepreneur, all it takes is to create an online course and then you're suddenly building no. something? I don't think that's it, is it? I think you're right. I think there is this what happens next, make stuff happen vision piece. Well, and the creating something beyond the capacity of, you know, so you have. no one is saying that you're not working hard. I mean, you work a lot of hours. You're right. It's a, it's a sort of a serving phase rather than a an innovating, growing, building yeah. situation. Yeah, absolutely. It? Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think I bring a lot of the entrepreneurial traits of you know, the resilience, the tenacity, the flexibility, the, you know, I, there is quite a bit of risk in, in my business mm-hmm. by virtue of the fact that I'm not continually innovating. Definitely a rebellious type um, and very mm-hmm. comfortable in that space. I think the other thing is one of the core pieces for me of entrepreneurial spirit is, is we have to be quite optimistic, but not in a sort of blind faith, spiritually bypassing way. Mm-hmm. I think in, a, in order to be able to take the risks that we want to take, there has to be a level of, of optimism and being prepared to give it, give it a go and be prepared to fail as well. And I think I have all of those things. Yeah. But definitely. I am not as ambitious at the moment to 
to grow beyond as I was 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I absolutely would have called myself an entrepreneur. So you saying it can wane, entrepreneurial spirit? It can wane, or if I was to be more proactively take ownership of that, I very consciously took the choice to pull back. Yeah. And that's that's just on the basis of this tension I was talking about before, this balance mm. between the ambition and what, what's going on on the other side. When I made the decision to home educate the children, well, when I made the decision to have the kids first off yeah. and then to home educate them, and then to live the way that we chose to live and then to invest a lot of my energy in the campaigning that I did, which was really important to me at the time. And also then subsequently to that, the separation from Mike and the divorce and the finding my new space and all of that kind of stuff, to have to honour the ambition and the drive that I also had at the same time. Yeah. It would have been a burnout disaster area. Yeah. And I can feel myself on the cusp of coming out of that now because there's a lot of healing work that's had to happen for yeah. me personally in the last couple of years and a lot of settling and resettling. And even from the basics of my physical environment, you know, where do I live? As I think mm -hmm. I've said before, you know, I lived in a tent for six months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was it was a time of upheaval and transition. So, so for me, I am now almost ready and I can feel the hunger and the chomping at the bit piece that, knows that I will absolutely kick in again to being able to go right I'm here you know the, the, where I was when I was writing the book or whatever yeah but I am very deliberately not in that phase and I'm comfortable in it because in order to keep the wheels on the bus I need to serve my clients well and I have a certain amount of capacity but I think if you're an entrepreneur that spirit is always there yeah and so I do I do identify with being an entrepreneur but I couldn't, I wouldn't want someone to look at me and my business at the moment and say, oh, she's claiming to be an entrepreneur and that's what it looks like. Because at the moment, I don't think it does. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think you're really good at looking at the holistic picture. Yeah. And I wonder how much you think, in your experience, we give ourselves that permission to do that you know to to temper our ambition because we've got this this or this going on do people take that into account enough is it a problem is it a source of tension well what's what's really interesting about this is I think sometimes what makes a real maverick genius entrepreneur and I'm I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot here <laughs> is that is the fact that they they actually can't do that because they're so driven yeah. and they're so innovative and they're so passionate and they have this potential thing that's pulling and driving and and it would almost it would almost kill that beast in some ways to to temper it with that at, at the extreme end that's such a good point because what you've made me think there is it's oh okay to not be the Elon Musk you know oh my god yeah <laughs> I don't mean it like that but I mean <laughs> uh, I was never the Elon Musk but I think and I want to come back to this when we talk about hustle culture but I think the hustle culture really plays into this sense of well why didn't you make 5.4 million dollars on your last course launch 
what's wrong with you? Why didn't you? Why yeah. didn't I? And it is because there's that tempering. Does that make me not a real entrepreneur? Maybe, but what no. you're saying is that's okay. Yeah, I'm saying that's okay. So I'm saying that there's, it's it's two things. I'm saying that if an entrepreneur is a bird in flight and mm. this other energy of looking at the holistic picture is very grounded, there's a risk of pulling that bird in flight and, and clipping its wings if you're not too yeah. careful. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that the beauty that those birds are able to create when they're soaring mm. and they've got this vision and they're really going for it and they get maybe they get a whole flock of people in this amazing murmuration of beauty that's going on over here what's able to be created because of that energy and sometimes because they do let other things go is a yeah. beautiful thing but I cannot advocate for that as as that what I see as the evolution of entrepreneurship that's necessary now to sustain us in the way that our current climate society system is working mm. and I don't think that means we're going to compromise on genius innovation I don't think that means we're going to get less done but I I would really call now for the the birds to land and to restore and to rejuvenate probably more than they might have done before and I think the holistic looking at the holistic picture of that is really important but I think we have to we have to temper that with with slowing too much and that's where, and we'll do a whole episode this on this, I know, about sort of seasons and cycles. There's slowing too much, isn't there? But I think there's also flinging a chick off the side of a cliff when it's not mm. yet ready to fly. When it's not ready, it's, absolutely. This is what we should all be doing. <laughs> so yes. I think there's yes. that piece as well. Yeah. So that sort of leads us nicely on to the challenges of being an entrepreneur, doesn't it? Because they are myriad. They really are. I mean, it's a unique space, isn't it? The challenges of being an entrepreneur and the challenges of just being a, a, a business owner, particularly yeah. if you're on your own or in a small business. I mean, isolation is is really crippling sometimes. Yeah. And actually, yeah. even as an entrepreneur, if you're surrounded by, I hate to keep coming back to Elon Musk, but it's just because he's sort of in my frame of reference, but he's not working in isolation. But I imagine because of the nature of who he is and his singular way of looking at the world, even if he's surrounded by people, it can feel really isolating. And even as a, a CEO of a fast growth startup or as a founder of a, a small company where you've got a team around you, it can still feel very isolating if you are the only one in that zone. You are the only one holding the vision. You are the only one driving it together. You know, even when you had the agency and you had all those people around you all day, it was still all on you, wasn't it? There was still... Oh, it was me that was going to... Well, I mean, I was never going to lose my house, but you know what I mean? It was me that was carrying the financial yes. risk. It was me that had the weight of responsibility. It was me yeah. that needed the business coming in because it wasn't really anyone else's problem to the same degree. Um, even though you had people there, you couldn't necessarily talk to the people in your business about the challenges of the business because they're just no, not, we talked about this before, not at the same level. Well, they're not carrying the same risk. It's just yeah. they can't even begin to fathom. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's there's isolation. There's there's risk. You know, it's a, it's a huge risk um, being mm. an entrepreneur. I think there's a unique pressure on yeah. entrepreneurs and on business owners. 
I think there is a level of uncertainty that we have to become comfortable with that becomes a challenge. There's the perpetual challenge, particularly if you're on your literally running your business on solo, is of wearing all the hats and how do I outsource? And we talked about um, this before, didn't we? And being stretched mm. very, very thinly. And I think there's this other piece of there's no blueprint. There's no blueprint for how it should work. There's no um, reassuring if I do it this way, yeah, it, it's going to get me the results. So there is a pressure to be innovative. There's a pressure to be able to put your own boundaries down. There's a, a need to ideate and to to know yourself really well, actually, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. I think is much more crucial for a business owner, an entrepreneur, somebody working for themselves versus someone in an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have to know where your flashpoints are, where your challenges are, where your needs are. Yeah. Um, to a really intimate level, actually, as an entrepreneur, because you need to watch out if, if, if you want a sustainable, resilient business, mm. you need to watch out for those things that are going to compromise that yeah. um, or potentially take your legs out from under you without knowing it. Mm. And I think there's, you know, there's a huge amount of tenacity needed as an entrepreneur. And that's a challenge to sustain that mm. in a vacuum. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a load potentially working against us. But all of those things as well are, and this is what makes entrepreneurship so magical for me, is those challenges are also the opportunities. Yeah. You know, there is huge opportunity in the no blueprint piece. There's huge Mm -hmm. opportunity in the pressure that's needed and, and how that can become a driving force. And I think this is the beauty of entrepreneurs is they, they sort of have this, um, what do you call it when you put something in? It's like a sort of inner alchemy is the weird shit way of doing it. But it's sort of like this sort of trans transmuter thing that happens where the same stuff goes into you, like, mm. you know, pressure or uncertainty or risk. And, and something happens on the inside of an entrepreneur that then uses that as a different kind of fuel. Yeah, well, I think this is the innovation piece, isn't it? And the kind of, it's that... Um, taking a challenge and coming out of it stronger finding yeah. not taking things lying down finding yes. the the possibilities and the solutions and i think it's that can do attitude which really marks out whether you know whether you're a commercially successful entrepreneur or not i think it's yeah that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit that is definitely yeah definitely and having a growth mindset not just in terms of a financial growth mindset but a there's no feedback only failure there's the gift Mm. in the challenge there's like you say how can I make an opportunity out of this how can I innovate and I think there's also potentially a bit of a disruptive energy in entrepreneurs which I find quite exciting and the core difference for me between an entrepreneur and say a business owner or someone who doesn't capture that spirit is this connection to a really core passion or value or desire to change something that is so intrinsically linked with ourselves yeah drives us in whatever way it drives us yes and that for me is maybe the new wave of of entrepreneurship that I get quite excited about because I think you can absolutely be an entrepreneur and it not be a personal passion you can sell widgets for Mm -hmm. washing machines 
yeah. in a very entrepreneurial way or you can create yeah. this new idea or innovation in a very entrepreneurial way but where the spark of it comes alive for me is when it's really aligned with some kind of higher passion vision purpose that we really want to bring into the world and I mm. think that's really exciting yeah definitely so we talked a lot about what's happening in the wider climate at the moment, you know, the mm-hmm. economic climate, the political climate, all of that stuff. So the game has got pretty real, I think, for anyone yeah. in business of late. And I think, you know, we had experience of what happened going through that phase in 2008 as well. And yes. I think now there are a unique set of other pressures on top of the economic pressures that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So approaching it from an entrepreneurial perspective, it's a really exciting time. And it's also potentially a really challenging and scary time. So for you, what does it take now? If we, if we were to bottle the elements of entrepreneurial spirit that we're going to need to really draw on to see us through this, mm-hmm. what does that look like for you? Well, I think it starts with going back to your value and having absolute belief that what you have to offer has some merit and some value. And I don't mean that in a kind of vacuous, superficial, you know, let's all tell each other we're amazing kind of scenario. I mean, really going back and and really looking at where's my value, where's my edge? And, and you know, dropping those things that are taking away from your edge, really making sure that your work is the nuts, yeah, you know, make making sure that you are delivering as brilliantly as you possibly can be in whatever you do, and getting rid of anything that's detracting from that or not serving you. Mm. And then I think it is about that other side to being an entrepreneur, which is innovating, not taking things lying down. The thing that really resonated with me was this idea of tenacity. Mm. So tenacity is, for me, at the heart of what it means to get through this time it is about innovating it's about putting extra energy in so it is about looking after yourself making sure that you take rest mm. but also making sure that it, you know if if you're doing the kind of work that I do or, or the service kind of work that actually you're not exhausting and depleting yourself mm-hmm. by taking on work that's out of your speciality out of yes. your magic yes because you're not going to have the resource. So it's that resilience piece as mm. so much, I think, to go at. But I think tenacity is probably the biggest thing right now. Yeah. And if I think about what really enables that is I think we have to become fiercely, wildly, fiercely wild warriors protecting the boundaries that need to be protected around ourselves. So the boundaries around our space and our um, magic and enabling ourselves to just focus and hone in on that. The boundaries around our energy and what drains us, the boundaries Mm. around what we're prepared to tolerate versus not tolerate. I think we just have to fiercely protect ourselves in a very empowered way in this time. And that means, like you say, taking the rest that we need, prioritizing what's going to make things work in the long term and the sustainability piece of the business. And I also think the new piece I put into the mix, which probably wouldn't have come up in the original modeling of what makes an entrepreneur, but I think there is a compassion piece that Mm. is absolutely essential for us now. And this is kind of speaks to what you were saying before about letting yourself off the hook. If that's not what business, that big 
shiny thing over there is not the business that you want to build or go for, then that's okay. Mm. But equally, I think we're going to get knocked. There's going to be a lot of knocks along the way. And an old school approach to entrepreneurship would just be like, oh, come on, just dust yourself off and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's essential and has to be balanced with, remember you're doing okay. Like you're doing the best that you can. Keep on going. So that the the softness, the slightly more gentle, a kinder, more nurturing coach, I think is needed. And I say Mm. that because of what we're being bombarded with, that we have to process a lot, you know, in the media and what's going on is it's breaking hearts at the moment. It's, It's creating a lot of tenderness and you can't effectively move through that if you just shut it down and ignore it and just keep on going in the way that we might have done before. I think there needs to be a softness about how we approach things now that actually will make us much more resilient in the long term. And I think think it's exciting. I'm really looking forward to seeing if we all pull together, and that's the other thing, I think community is key. If we all pull together and keep reminding ourselves that we can keep going and we can keep innovating and we can keep showing up, then we have never been in a better position to do our best work and create what the world needs, I think. Yeah. And I think I've said this in other podcasts before, but just in case I haven't, it's worth hanging on to that idea that the innovation and actually the entrepreneurial spirit that you bring to times like this are going to be the things that leave that lasting positive legacy on your business. Absolutely. You know, we saw that in COVID. We saw that with how we all responded to lockdown. Yeah. That innovation, that inner resource, if you can couple that, I think it's so important coupling that with the compassion that you're talking about. That Mm. is, I think, the last thing you would associate with entrepreneurial spirit. But that's the the magic that you bring to what you do. And that's what's going to make it sustainable for us, isn't it? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting times ahead. Happy days. (laughs) Happy days. (laughs) Thank you, lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I think this is going to lead us really nicely on to next week's episode, which is one that is very close to both our hearts. Keep that under wraps for now, but it's going to be a goodie. Okay. Fabulous. All right, lovely. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.